What's up everybody, welcome back to my channel. This is a recap of what went down on the Teen Mom 2 season eight reunion special, part two. So we started the episode off with Leah and we really did not get to see that much of her. Like she only had like just a couple of quick lines before we Skyped in with Corey and then Corey let us know that things with Aaliyah are continuing to progress negatively and she's starting to be cognizant of the differences, like the physical differences between herself and her sister and that she keeps like pushing herself to be able to do certain things that her body just won't allow her to do. And it is quite sad. Once we hang up on Corey, we come back to see that Kale has invaded the couch where Leah was supposed to have her segment for whatever reason. And Nessa asked her about Leah's relationship with Jeremy and she says that it's similar to herself and Javi's relationship. And Kale also says that she now has like some really bare minimum standards for a man, including a job, car, and being at least six, foot six feet tall, which to me was like, those standards are so embarrassingly low that I wouldn't go on television and even wanna talk about like how low my standards were like and she was so excited she was like i've got standards now bare minimum standards which she admitted but i've got standards and then like dr drew and nessa were ready to move on she goes want to hear them then she lists them and i was like oh girl no 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 don't do that and so leah's like i agree with your standards and by the way i'm seeing someone myself and then Nessa and everybody gets super duper excited and Kale lets us know that she approves of the guy and Leah actually lies about his age. She claims that he's early 30s and later fesses up that he is quite a bit older than that. In fact, he's like 39. I personally do not think that there's anything wrong with a woman in her 20s dating someone in their mid, light 30s, whatever, but that's the average person. In my opinion, Leah is remedial. So this partnership kind of seems like very, um, predatory and not like sexually predatory but like preying on someone who's um mentally vulnerable because they're not that sharp and she's struggling with one of her daughters having a debilitating like you know lifelong disease javi's up next and he claims that he didn't cause the fight between kale and brianna and doesn't even know what they were fighting about considering he and brianna broke up months ago he says that he took back his ring from brianna and that she was lying about declining the proposal apparently she did in the first place dr drew then tells him that his exes describe him as a shady mother effer and a serial dater. Javi, of course, denies it, but proves it correctly by listing out his dating timeline with literally no gaps in between. His dating timeline reads like a resume. You know how like with your resumes, you're not supposed to have like any gaps in between jobs. That's how Javi takes dating. Dr. Drew then assures them that he doesn't think that he is a shady person, but that he is a love addict. And Javi admits that he could be a sex addict or a love addict as well. And also says, but hey, listen, this time is it. This time I'm happy. And um, Dr. Drew gave him a really disapproving look. I do think he could have done a lot more to drag Javi for his behavior this season, particularly that time where he followed Brianna to a really serious surgery um, against her wishes and just sprung up on her like that, like out of the blue so like suddenly. And also when he told her that thing about how there was another woman waiting in the wings to uproot her life for him. Like, I feel like he could have really gone in there, uh, in on that and like asked, is that the one who's pregnant now? The one that you called a rebound, the one that you called settling? There was so much material for him to use on Javi, but unfortunately it was not used. Wow, you guys, a third Kale appearance in one episode. What have we done to deserve this? 
no seriously, what have we done to deserve this? She joins Javi on the couch and he instantly starts whimpering again an apology to her because of course she's always right. And she, of course, is extremely abrasive about everything. Instead of being like graceful, you know, she reiterates her claims that he's a manipulator and claims that she's not preventing him from moving on and that he never takes the time to be alone in between breakups. And it's almost as if this isn't the same woman who got knocked up in the midst of a divorce um, and had like at least three, four, five, six different partners come around her homes like overnight as like romantic partners, um, boyfriends, girlfriends or whatever. By the time her child was only like four months old, like pot, come on over here and meet Kettle. After Kale talking out of her ass, we get a little conversation about the hookup situation. Speaking of Javi not being able to take time alone, it seems like Kale's not doing anything to curve that at all because she hooked up with him right after his breakup from Brianna, literally the moment she found out about it via the podcast episode. She pretended not to know a single thing about like when it happened, how it happened or whatever, but Poppy was not playing that game. Homeboy remembered the exact millisecond because we all know he had been dreaming about it for like forever. And so he's like, no, I remember when it happened. It was right after the podcast episode and Kale was the one who initiated it. And I'm, I've been telling you guys all this time that Kale's always trying to like um, do a little something, something to keep me real back in so that I could never truly move on. And in that moment, I felt really bad for him because I don't like breadcrumbers or whatever you call those sorts of people. It's just really sad and selfish knowing how obsessed this guy is. Like, why don't you just let him go ahead and move on if you truly do not want anything to do with him don't think about him don't care about him don't want to bang him aren't attracted to him like you always scream from the rooftops claiming that you don't like it's not that hard to close your damn legs to someone you're not attracted to by the way who was Javi with at the time when he was hooking up with Kale remember he had just just been at the almost broken up with um with Brianna but not quite stage and yet he doesn't even say that Brianna is the one he was with at the time. Remember, he was juggling so many different women at the time. I think it's like four that he can't even say for sure who he was with at that time. Hoes gonna be hoes, y'all. Hoes gonna be hoes. Things pick up a little bit when Nathan and Barbara come on stage and I'm glad Dr. Drew brought up how nasty Nathan was to Barbara in the past. And I do though wish that he pressed him on how badly, quote unquote, Nathan wanted to rip Jace out of Barbara's home and have him raised by Janelle, who he now all of a sudden claims is completely incompetent, like as a parent, um, as a as mentally fit in general, as a person as well. Like, come on, let's talk about what's going on here and how easily you flip flopped and how you originally um, could have had Jace in this kind of danger much sooner just because you were with Janelle at the time. And remember, Nathan admitted that he was only ever with Janelle for the money and the show. And that makes it like doubly dirty considering all of this that we've always known about Janelle and her abusive tendencies uh, and neglect about her abusive and neglectful tendencies towards her children. We quickly start talking about David's mom, what's going on with her, how she can help them in their situation. And they say that David's mom is terrified of him and they don't even know where their dad is. Barbara calls out the welding story that Janelle used to tell about how uh, David was a professional welder who would weld with his dad. Barbara's like, well, 
the dad was never around, so I don't know who the hell he was welding with or if he was even welding with somebody. Another really big missed opportunity was the chance to talk about his domestic violence records and his general like um, anger issues that we saw in his own special and how those impact his inability to have any real shot at custody of his son. Like, it, you know, it was about time that someone told Nathan that like, dude, you messed up your own life too, to the point where you can't even legitimately save your child. You had to hide behind your mother. You had to hide behind his, uh, his maternal grandmother. You have to hide behind a lot of people because you yourself are looked at by the courts as an incompetent parent. How does that make you feel? It seems like Dr. Drew was in such a rush in studio because next up we're seeing him in a hotel in Janelle's state and the girl's eyes could not be any more soulless and dead if they try. We get to relive that glorious scene where Jace calls her and David pieces of SHIT and of course Janelle blames it on her mom. She says that everything her mom does is to go against her. And then of course we transition into the woe is me victim that is David Frickin Eason. According to Janelle, he's a massive victim of, um, you know, the fans of the show, the court system, um, Nathan's mom and her own mother as well. She complains about all the CPS visits that they have to endure. They're like, every time a case closes, another one opens. It's like never ending. These people are always at our door. And she claims that Jace's therapist thinks that everything is going well lately. And um, her excuse for not giving him medicine, which we saw quite a few times um, this season, is that she only doesn't give it to him on Saturdays. Uh, because it makes him throw up, but she lets him have it on Sundays. I don't know what goes on like between Saturday and Sunday that heals his stomach like so miraculously. Uh, like there's no real explanation. Like maybe there is, I'm not sure because per Barbara, he's taking it pretty regularly throughout the weeks as well. So why is it this one day? that he can't take it. But I'm not knowledgeable like at all when it comes to medicine, so I will let all of you medical workers and students chat about it in the comments below. A lot of people have been wondering how she felt about David's anti-LGBT tweet, and she says that although David deleted them, he still stands by his views and he's not hateful of them, but he doesn't want their kids to grow up to be gay, which is really strange. And then she compares it to growing up to be a doctor. She's like, it's kind of like how some families don't want their kids to be in the military or don't want their kids to be doctors. So where does LGBT fall into that? Because there are plenty of LGBT people um, in medicine or in uh what is the other thing the military as well like i didn't really understand her line of reasoning there and again it's not exactly a choice uh dr drew i don't even remember him telling her that it wasn't even a choice like she just kept digging her hole and he was just shaking his head at how mind-blowingly stupid this woman is like she's literally um notably dumb like you ever meet someone where they're so dumb you're like man i gotta go home and write about this tell everybody i know like i didn't know people could be this stupid well that's janelle and then she also blames his like um ignorance on how he was raised he was like he was raised that way dr drew's like well you can't use that excuse at a certain age like it's time for you to change educate yourself like see things a different way and janelle absolutely refused to hear him out on it and so he just moved on and then she let out this really creepy smile we then see the road rage incident which ends up with her gaslighting an already traumatized jace and she claims to be having ptsd and nightmares after the whole incident guys i'm sorry but i do not give a single f uck i'm curious about how traumatized jace is about all of this he was double traumatized 
unlike Janelle. First of all, by the whole incident that happened, the guy break checking them. Um, second, actually triple traumatized, Janelle following the guy, scaring the hell out of him throughout like the chase. And then third of all, watching his mom pull out a gun on a stranger. Guys, quadruple traumatized. And fourth of all, having to be helpless while his mom called him a liar and like gave him the most threatening look ever simply because he told the truth about what happened to his real mom. Like it was crazy how she tried to play victim in all of this when she's the one who further victimized her own child. When Dr. Drew rightfully asked her, did she ever think about Jace being traumatized by everything? She says she never thought about it. <laughs> How funny is that that she didn't think about it when she was chasing someone with a gun in tow with every intention of pulling it out. What kind of, what kind of mom is this? Like absolutely freaking ridiculous. And she's like, I didn't think about it because the guy hurt my son. Like he could have even more seriously hurt my son. Well, bitch, you hurt your son too. First of all, by allowing him to sit at the front seat where he shouldn't have been. Second of all, by following the guy. Third of all, by putting him in the middle of what could have been a shootout when you pulled out your gun, and fourth of all, when you went back and mentally abused him by calling him a liar when he told the damn truth about what your trifling ass did. So Drew's like, uh, Janelle, why did you even follow the guy? Why didn't you listen to the operator when they told you to just stay put? She's like, I couldn't have stayed put. I was on a highway. Pull over, dumbass. And he was like, why didn't you pull over? She's like, I wasn't even, she wasn't clear. I, that's gray. You know, like she didn't say it explicitly, so I didn't know to pull over. I was like, either slam on the brakes on the highway and rest right there or follow them home. I chose the more logical thing. Drew's like, I really do not know what to do with this woman. And then he calls her out for um, the gaslighting situation. And she says that she was really desperate because she didn't want to get arrested for something stupid. Um, something, getting arrested for something stupid is jaywalking and getting arrested for it. Not pulling out a gun on someone in front of your child for no reason. That's a really good reason to get arrested. She claims to have apologized to Jace and explained why she accused him of lying and admitted all of it to Barbara when the cameras were off. Even though the cameras already captured everything, I'm not buying this excuse at all. And last up on the subject of Janelle, let's talk about her demeanor, okay? Janelle used to be like a firecracker, like a really confident woman who could go anywhere, anytime, do her own thing, like whatever, like adventure. She loved to do all these like things alone, like go travel, blah, blah, blah. It was really startling to me, something she said at the end of her segment that made me think, wow, David has really trained this formerly confident woman to literally be terrified to go out of her home without him. It is scary. When Dr. Drew asked her, do you fear leaving your house? She's like, yeah, I fear being out of my house without David. Dude, Stockholm syndrome is a mother effer. And Dr. Drew's like, you know what I'm scared of? I'm scared of you shooting somebody. And she claims he has nothing to worry about, but we all know that ain't true. Last up, we get Chelsea in South Dakota where Dr. Drew Skypes in with her from the place where he filmed his segment with Janelle. He asked her why she was ever obsessed with Adam and she says it's because she had low self-esteem and just wanted to be enough, which I think speaks to a lot of young women and um, helps encourage a lot of young women to start looking past like these F boys that they've got themselves all wrapped up in. Um, she claimed to have the confidence to say that she didn't deserve that anymore, but that was a straight up lie because 
because Adam's the one who dumped Chelsea and moved on with whatever that chick's name was, Taylor. And um, Chelsea was still banging him even when Taylor was pregnant with Paisley, like up until pretty much Cole showed up. So like, let's not rewrite history here. We got a lot of the same old, same old with her that I'm not gonna reiterate. Again, Adam is still very, very rarely seeing Aubrey. He's only come to one of her school lunches so far. And by the way, she just had her kid today, actually. Um, her daughter's name is Lane, spelled L-A-Y-N-E, which I think is actually really, really cute. So congratulations to them. And you guys, that wraps up a recap of part two of the season eight. Uh, reunion special of Teen Mom 2. As usual, I'm more excited to hear what you have to say about everything, so please make sure to leave all of your thoughts and opinions in the comment section down below, and as usual, we'll chat. You can also like this video, subscribe for more, feel free to share it with your friends as well, and follow me across social media where I absolutely love chatting with you. That's all for now, thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you next time.